Welcome to Signals Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Signals, an AI marketing platform that helps companies automate, grow, and close sales pipeline. Today, we're diving deep into the world of AI, demystifying the connections that define our digital age as we share presentations from the AI Revenue Summit. For this episode, our speakers, Scott Logan, CMO at Chronologic, and James Gilbert, CMO at Flip, will discuss decoding AI, exploring its everyday applications. We hope you enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hopefully everybody's event has been good so far. What's up, Scott? How are you, man? Good. How are you doing? I almost wore an orange shirt just like that. I almost feel like we, I maybe should have worn it now that it would have been a lot funnier. <laughs> Universe was telling you something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get a chance to be on the whole event, but I'm sure that, that some of the questions that we were actually planning to answer today might have been covered. So first, let's start by just asking, what questions do you guys have for us to start with? Because I'll tell you kind of a little bit of the framework that Scott and I were thinking. Number one, we think that the use and the term AI is generally getting thrown around a lot and it means something different. And we want to define that in this session. So we want to define the difference between AI and generative AI, help everyone understand that. We also want you guys to understand the difference between an LLM and an ML, which is machine learning, um, so that you can understand how these, how these play different roles. Because every company in the world is claiming that they're AI right now. Every company in the world is changing their .com URLs to .ai, and we're here to set the record straight. Yep, exactly. So I feel like uh, maybe a little bit less now, but uh, earlier in my career, we were convinced we were telling people what the cloud was, and discovery calls would literally be based on what's the cloud again? Can you explain this to me? And uh, it was like. It's actually just our computers, not yours, is, is as easy as it gets. Uh, I feel, just to dumb it down, I feel like AI is kind of on the terms of it can think and process data faster than you can think and process data. And sometimes smarter, sometimes not. But that's what we're going to dive into a little bit here. Yeah, I think one of the, in my opinion, so, so for the record, like this kind of stuff has actually been around a lot longer than we think it has. It's just the revolution of what's happened with GBT has made things a lot more relevant. But there's actually two use cases that I want to bring up that have actually happened directly on your phones and in your homes. Over the last 10 years, everyone knows what Alexa is and everyone knows what Siri is. And these are forms of AI. Um, they are absolutely that. And you have, it's infiltrated our homes. So for example, when Scott says like it allows you to be able to compute data at a much larger scale than we could as humans, that's absolutely true. So companies will use AI and almost every company in the world will uh, to generate large sets of data, to analyze it, even large sets of information to analyze it and make sense of it at a much easier and faster pace. So for example, if you, have an Alexa in your home and you ask Alexa a question, it has an entire knowledge base that it taps into and that continues to grow and learns over time. And things that are learned over time, that is something that machine learning does, right? Where you don't actually have to feed it information and it can naturally learn on its own in the data set that you give it. So the more data you give it, the more you, the more it will learn. And, and the difference between uh, say, a sophisticated 
workflow uh, versus AI, where it just knows rules and then can act on its own based on those rules. So for instance, if you, uh, it seems silly now, but a novel idea that we had at my very first job uh, in marketing was with uh, healthcare software. And we thought, what if we suggest they buy these other healthcare coding books if they buy that healthcare coding book? And it was in 2008, the wildest successful campaign that we ever had. And now it's like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you just select other products? But with Amazon's catalog, just to go back to Amazon, of millions of products probably at this point, uh, there's no way to build a workflow to tag all those things manually like I was doing back in the day. So now it can understand, all right, these are these types of categories. These are these types of objects. I'm going to suggest these ones and take into consideration prior purchases. So another thing is uh, we get a reminder from Alexa to buy coffee filters. Like you have notification. What's notification? You go to the front door thinking it's a package and she says, hey, I think it's time to buy coffee filters. And at one point my wife like dismissed it the very first time she heard it and then went to go make coffee. And literally we had like five left. And we were like, wow, that is pretty amazing. So those are just some like real life examples. But in the work world, I think most of us think of like the Reggie AI uh, presentation that was just before us. We think of it in terms of generative AI, but there are a lot more forms of it than generative AI and making, you know, uh, a funny version of a political person's headshot or something like that. You know, those are going around. So um, the, the, there are more uses and it is more practical in this, you know, B2B sales and marketing setting. Yeah, I, one of the most creative use cases that I have seen with just generative AI in general, and this is by the way, very real. They're actually trying to put this into production right now. Um, but there was a gentleman who created a Mortal Kombat game if you're not familiar with that game just do a little google but you probably know this finish him right <laughs> um anyway so he created this mortal Kombat game of all these political and celebrity people uh so like biden trump like uh, kim kardashian john cena like you name it right they were in the, this mortal Kombat game and you'd think that using generative AI, like couple passes, if anyone's ever used mid journey, it's fantastic, but you typically have to like, you really have to massage it as a human being a lot until it gets to the point where you want it, right? And I was absolutely blown away by this game. Like it's it's gone viral now to the point where they're actually trying to get a, a game company to create this version of Mortal Kombat uh, because it's so good. And it, and it really was well done. Like they have their own finisher moves. It was fantastic go go google it you'll love that but that's one of the most creative use cases that i've ever seen um in this little revolution right that we're having with ai um happen when it comes to like visuals and how we can actually use it from a design perspective it's going to impact all aspects of marketing for the record here you have two cmos and it absolutely will impact just about every aspect so you've probably heard people say this but if you're not using forms of AI to help you be more efficient in your job. You need to. That's the easiest way for people to say that to you is you need to be using it. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be even a skill set. Like I'm 
Eloqua, Marketo, HubSpot certified and Salesforce certified, all that. Well, you're going to have to have some kind of knowledge of how to use AI because though it will take some of the more mundane work off of your plate, you're still going to have to use it to your advantage. So, you know, think of it in terms of two people show up to do a, a landscaping job. One shows up with a, uh, you know, a bobcat to dig a hole and plant a few trees and someone shows up with a uh, shovel I'm just going to tell the guy with the shovel or the gal with the shovel to go away. Uh, it, it's going to be the same type of thing. You need to be able to be proficient at the at prompts, be proficient at knowing what's available and what's out there, because it will enable you to not only do more work faster, it will enable you to be better at that work. Uh, for, you know, when I just to have some humility here, uh, my first director of marketing job, I took it and, you know, you kind of just say you can do everything, but I have these specialties. Well, at the time I hadn't really done any PR and the first day, the first email I get is a president goes, Hey, we're launching a new product. I need to write a press release for this. And I literally panicked and was like, I've never written a press release before in my life. So I found the competitor that had the closest product announcement of that product and then just rewrote it for us. Well, now you could just have AI write a draft for you and then you perfect it and it's probably going to be pretty good or pretty close to what you need to have and uh and then you could even say optimize this for seo so on and so forth so it, you're I, I wouldn't be afraid of it i wouldn't think that it's going to take over i think it's more so going to be a skill set or is even starting to be a skill set that the top performers on any team are, are going to have so let's talk about how we can align people around it because <clears throat> i think that that's something big by the way did, did did we did we answer everyone's questions on like what ai is what generative ai is for for example maybe we didn't answer what an llm is but that's just a large language model that is what chat gpt really is is a large language model um and then an ml is machine learning so those are the kind of the big areas that we wanted to just make sure everyone had clear understanding of so hopefully that is the case. And unfortunately we can't, I don't know how to engage in the chat. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and see the questions come across. So we'll have to answer them verbally, which is fine. But I see them coming across. So Derek, you asked which AI did he use to make that Mortal Kombat game? And I honestly truthfully don't know. I know he used Mid Journey as part of it, but you can't, I don't think you can make like a video game. Uh, so obviously he, he probably took the, the visual aspects of those, used an animator, use developers and things like that. And then that ultimately turned into the, to the game. So, um, but it is pretty cool. There's a bunch of YouTube videos out there with it. So go check it out. So I think one of the big things for me is how to align your teams, right? <clears throat> and for me, uh, so I've, I've got two people on my team right now who are incredible writers, right? They're just like probably two of the best that I've ever met. Um, and for the like the last maybe 12 months, even before ChatGPT came out, I've been talking to them about leveraging different types of writing styles and even leveraging tools like Reggie and Lavender and things like that that help you kind of like build a structure of your copy. And they've been very reluctant to do it. They haven't wanted to do it for the same reason that many people out there don't want to, right? They're afraid that it's gonna lose its human feel. And, and so how I did this, 
this, by the way, if you're a reader out there, this I don't know if this is the right way to do it, <laughs> but this is what worked for me. I, I gave them a couple of tasks and I said, can you do the following things? We need the following blogs written. Um, so they put together some framework on those blogs and I did the same thing in chat GPT. So I just like, I gave it some prompts and then I wrote like four blogs um, before they could write two. And I just, I just put it in front of them and I said, all right, here's the blogs. I've made three different passes at these blogs in chat GBT. Here's what they look like. They're SEO friendly. Here's the two that you wrote and I want you to compare them. Okay. And honestly, the chat GBT stuff, it needed a lot of human intervention. It needed help with it. Right. And they knew that. But I feel like one of the best ways to get your team members to know how to use AI, especially the tools that are out there, is to actually put it in front of them and you yourself try to use it. Because I think way too often, and we know this, like you see all the time on LinkedIn now, a million people talking about how to do all the right prompts for ChatGBT. And that's, that's what the gentleman at Reggie AI was alluding to, is like you don't have to be a prompt wizard to figure this stuff out. Um, but a lot of these new AI tools, you kind of do. And then the only way that you're going to be able to really get to know them, and, and you can't ask your team to go use these AI tools if you yourself as a leader are not willing to dive deep into it with them. Yep. Yep. And when you talk about how a marketer should use it, I think that there's still um, a higher level of comfort on using that because there is there's time to, to do stuff that you have time to edit the copy you're planning weeks or months in advance and, and you can make any corrections you want and produce a lot more. I think, uh, because marketing success is directly tied to sales, sales success. Uh, they may be trying to use it on the fly. And I think that that's where some of the risks and guardrails need to be put up a little bit more on how and when, and in what form it gets used there. So some sales platforms uh, have used it in terms of they just allow certain drop downs to be to be used for the prompts to, to control a little bit more, or uh, maybe you don't yet use it to completely handle a response, but it can give you quick responses to some basic stuff. Uh, so I don't know if you, any of you have watched South Park, but there's a South Park episode where the boys start using ChatGPT to uh, handle all the text messages from their girlfriends. And, uh, you know, you get to days later and it's still pretty controllable. You get to weeks later and all of a sudden they're like these elaborate stories and trips and things have been planned and conversed about. And they are they're clueless. They have they're they're in uh, uh, basically a lot of hot water. So on the sales side that can still happen too so i would say that if you use it uh use it more in the controlled way right now uh so like lavender is a great example where it will like tell you where you need to make some corrections these sentences are too long you're using these types of phrases and that's a really good use case to enable a sales team uh or if you're making the um, email scripts or email templates for your sales team, you know, work with them with the tools that you're already perfecting on the marketing side to say, Hey, we can do this. We can do that. We should, we should adapt this 
these suggestions to improve results overall and not just let it completely take over uh, uh, unless there are some maybe unique scenarios in which that can be applied uh, because you can get into trouble with that. And if you're at a publicly traded company, uh, there's a large computer company that makes computers that's a customer of ours. And we have in our uh, chronologic email builder, the OpenAI plugin to be able to make your emails. Well, when we demoed it to her, she started to type in um, this computer model versus the Apple blah, blah, blah. And it gave an output and a pretty well short email, pretty well written short email. And she said, this is amazing. This is better than what I would have written. And she was the VP of sales. And then she followed that immediately by, but I can't use this. And we were like, wait, you don't want us to turn this feature on for you? You just said, this is amazing. She goes, I don't know where this information was sourced. I don't know how accurate it is. And there's too many cases in which uh, ChatGPT will uh, make things up to fit an argument. And we could get into a lot of trouble if it prompts something that a junior level rep wouldn't understand if it's accurate, though someone at her level does understand if it's accurate. And so there are some situations that you should still be leery of and not just go full blown all out. I'm on the AI train. Let's go. Let's use it for this and that and this. And then all of a sudden you're in this world where you're having to play firefighter instead of um, just being more efficient. So I would say kind of adapt it with your teams in a more controlled version and see what works, what doesn't, so you can adjust and pivot quickly. Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the hardest part for us as humans is actually defining something that's new and, and creating it, right? So like putting it on paper, it's one of the hardest things that our brains struggle with. This is why there's writer's block. This is why designers have to like do something different and get their mind off of things to design well. Um, it's the hardest thing, right? It's the first initial idea. And, and so I always say to people on my team, like, look, why don't you go use ChatGPT, come up with a bunch of ideas, and then you make those ideas your own, right? And it helps make get rid of all that because you can spend hours and hours and hours trying to brainstorm on creative ideas, and ChatGPT can give you some right out of the gates. So that's, a, that's also a big area that I think it helps make us be more efficient where we can't compute the data that, that it has at its fingertips and it can do it at a much faster pace. So it can give you frameworks and ideas much faster than anything else. Yeah, so to, that goes to Scott Marker's question here of, uh, I get ChatGPT and the versions of like creating copy, uh, creating, I think there's two things, one, uh, another use case is when AI is used to enhance natural language processing, which is what our platform does at Chronologic. We'll read a response from someone if we suggest a meeting time to them, because that's what we do is we schedule meetings. So if they say, you know, Tuesday at one works better, it can interpret that, understand it, and then update the invite automatically. Lots of different softwares are using NLPs in the software behind the scenes, but to your point, James, in order to use it in different ways, I think it's using the generative AI in more than just the copywriting sense. So like you said, 
give me 10 ideas for fun things to do at an event at an event booth or even better yet give you a framework i want to uh, create a customer newsletter for this software that focuses on uh, marketers or you know IT engineers who face these problems and make it in this tone with this length and then it'll give you a whole plan and you can follow that adjust it adapt it and then if you just keep that string going you can say write me the first 25 topics for or you know 24 topics to give you your you know six months worth of weekly newsletters and then you can take those adapt them and then just tell it to write those and that's where your prompt writing really needs to be honed in when it actually starts to write them but giving yourself some frameworks on new projects uh, ideas or even to improve something that you already have use it as a person like what if i were to ask someone who's an expert in something that i'm not an expert in how do you do this or how do you make this better and it can actually provide you at least a starting point to go down that road. So maybe how you use the G chat GBT or, or any generative AI, it doesn't matter which one it is really, um, that, that is the different versions that it can do of different versions of how to use it. I think a use case that I really like right now that I'm actually using it a lot for are building uh, like video story scripts. Oh. Um, which take, by the way, a ton of time to do. Yeah. And um, it gives some pretty good ones, like, and really funny ones. I've, I've like taught it about Flip uh, and and it's given us some really good video scripts. Now, I will say I'm not a huge fan of literally any video AI tool right now. Like, I think yeah. they all suck. Sorry if there was anybody on here that does that, but they're bad. <laughs> okay, so, uh, but writing the scripts is, pretty good so scott that's that's another area um i know we only have about nine minutes left and one big area that scott and i felt pretty strongly to talk about was we mentioned it but was some of the governance that's happening or doesn't happen and the ethics yeah. that don't happen or do happen with ai so scott if you don't mind i'm going to start us off I, I wrote this down there's really four big areas that i think that we should be talking a lot more about with the challenges of generative AI and the ethical considerations, okay? One of them is bias, okay? So this is, whatever you train it on, that's what it's gonna learn and that's what it's gonna give you as an output. So you have to make sure that you don't have bias in your output, meaning like if you're talking about the, the love that you have about flip, meaning we're flip, then it's gonna continue to love about flip. <laughs> you, have to, you have to teach it about the other people out there, right? Uh, so you can't have just extreme bias with it. And then the, the second one is privacy. So our use, use, use of PII data and things like that, I, I think it's gonna be uh, governed a lot more than it ever has been. I know from, a, from, from our perspective, we take this very, very seriously at Flip because we can handle PII data and, and we do have our own like uh, proprietary AI and we can integrate within ChatGBT, uh, and we do. But the difference is, is like we have specific governance and ethical things that we put in our contracts on how we're going to handle PII data, so that it is governed in such a way that no one has to worry about their payment information being shared or teaching it, for example, 
um, anything like that. Um, third one, accountability, right? Um, whoever's responsible when the AI makes a mistake, like then who takes accountability for that? So let's say you're using it in a chat bot on your website, right? Shout out to Signals. Um, so let's say you're using it in a chat bot in, on, your, on your website. What happens if it actually feeds a customer the wrong information, gives them, gives them a pricing that's wrong or something like that? Who's responsible for that? So it's a, there's accountability. And then the fourth one is transparency, um, ensuring that AI decisions can be understood by humans. I think that's the biggest thing. And that's why we started off talking about here's the difference between when somebody says AI and somebody says, you know, generative AI, this is what it means. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah, I think that a lot of the tools out there don't allow for that. Like when you use a LinkedIn navigator prompt, there's there there's uh, or search, I should say, uh, you can say is not this is not that is not this uh, does not contain this even in reports, you can do that for your data. But there's not a lot of that that's incorporated into those tools today. Uh, some of them probably do have them. Uh, but that is super important to, to program the not. So uh, Meredith said there said modeling to the opposite. Uh, that's definitely important. Like the uh, computer manufacturer I talked about, they weren't even willing to give it a shot because of that exact same reason. So, uh, and if you're a smaller company, probably not as big of an issue. If you're a publicly traded company, oof. You better like hold on to your seat before you start to like use it in mass because the last thing you want is an email from the legal team because something got reported and you didn't even know about it. So that, that it's going to be more and more important as these tools start to develop and, and get baked into these solutions. So even as a solution provider, um, those are things that we're thinking about as our engineering team enhances that, that capability. And as you work with different AI companies, I think the most important thing you can do is ask them explicitly yeah. those questions, right? Like, how are you using personal data? How are you training the AI? And how is the information that you're giving it not, not how does it not have bias in it, right? Like asking these questions to vendors, I think are, are important. And it is the responsibility of every vendor who claims their AI to know the answers. And if they don't know the answers, you need to run, <laughs> run far. Um, because if they don't have the governance figured out, then you're going to be responsible for using it as, as a tool. So I think that's an important thing to, to remember. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a solid note to conclude on is, you know, have some caution. Know what your situation is. Know what type of company you are and, and what are the consequences of having it take over and say something that it shouldn't. Uh, you know, make sure you, you you pay attention to that and, and talk to your teams, uh, not just your marketing team, but other teams, if you're going to, if you're a leader and want to use it at scale. Okay. Any other questions before we end, Jenny? You're on mute, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if you guys answered the one already from Scott, who was asking if you guys knew of any other use cases for ChatGPT outside of written content. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's why we we mentioned the video stuff. Like, that's one of my favorite places to use it. I also really like using it in our podcast. Um, sometimes I don't like keeping our podcast like the same every single episode. 
So I'll have it like feed me new questions. It came up, well, my team came up with this question of like asking people that were on like what, if you could get a tattoo of a brand, of any brand, what would it be and why? And so like we've been weaving that in. It helped us come up with like a segment on the show called FMK. Um, where we ask people like, what's sexy? What's, what would, what would you marry in marketing or, or e-commerce and what, what needed to be killed like yesterday? So I think it can also help you draft questions for things that you use in other areas, including research questions, customer questions. Uh, so for, if you have customer calls, I think you can use it to give you prompts and different questions to derive different types of insight and market research as well. Yeah. Well, great. Well, we are so glad you guys were able to join us today. Um, and thank you very much. Uh, and we'll go thank ahead you. and let you go. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed diving into the intricate world of AI and gaining a fresh perspective on the forces that drive our interconnected world. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't forget to check out others on our website at getsignals.ai. Thank you to our speakers and listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm for the world of AI keeps us motivated to bring you the most engaging content. Until next time.